a position of strength for years, tops my first position's rankings of 2023. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode on today's show. It is my first position rankings of 2023, one through nine. Um, now, positions on a football team may be subjective to um, different people. I grew positions um, in football this way. Defensive line, linebackers, I'm, I, I'm sorry, um, I'll, I'll say it this way. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, special teams, D-line, linebackers, secondary, there you go. So we've got nine positions, position groups, and I'm going to rank them. Defensive line is number one. And rightfully so. This defensive line has the uh, has the potential to be just as good this year as it has been in recent years. You're getting Malik Van back, who was injured all of last year. You're getting Dante Corleone back. Um, you're getting back Jawan Briggs. You've got emerging stars in Eric Phillips and Justin Watley. You've got transfers coming in, including Daniel Greshik. You've got a um, new head coach and, and uh, defensive coordinator, rather, and Brian Brown, who's going to come in and hopefully do what he did at Louisville last year. Your defensive line coach, specifically Walter Stewart, he was retained, and he was very good last year with the Bearcats. So I look at this as just a seamless transition for the Cincinnati Bearcats. All right. Now, there are other um players but there's a deep group of potential starters multiple players who could be poised for a breakout year we'll talk about that later this offseason my question is this can they stop the run consistently well they could in games they were supposed to win but in games they shouldn't have won or games they weren't supposed to win or in big games i mean there was there were question marks surrounding this team. They could not stop Arkansas. They couldn't stop UCF. They couldn't stop Tulane or Louisville for a lick, it felt like. That's the question I have with this defense. Can it stop the run against UCF, against teams who like to run the football? Can they generate a pass rush off the edge? The last few seasons, we have not seen that. We have not seen the Bearcats be able to um, have a pass rush off the edge. It affected them in 2021 with MyJ Sanders, double teamed on every play, and there was nobody else on the other side of the line to help it. You look at great teams in in college football and the NFL, 
they have pass rushers on both sides of the ball. I look at the Eagles, Super Bowl Sunday notwithstanding, they had they had pass rushers on both sides. Look at the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, the H-Boys. The Bearcats need that with Brian Brown. They need to have um, pass rushers on both sides. And luckily, there's going to be a new scheme with a 4-2-5. But if there's any good news going into this season, if there's anything where you can look at and say, yup, that's a position of strength, it is the defensive line is still going to be very, very good. Excuse me. The defensive line is still going to be just as good, potentially, as last year. And that's getting Malik Van back this year. Last year, they were good, and they didn't even have Malik Van. They will this year. And that is going to be a huge addition and upgrade for this team. In addition to retaining Walter Stewart, who is a great recruiter, who's a great D-line coach, as we know, we saw guys last year like Dante Corleone emerge, Jawan Briggs emerge. Now they're veterans. And now there's depth on the interior. I mean, you could start Corleone, Briggs, uh, Van, two of those three. Pick any combination. That's how good this D-line could be because there is depth. Um, there's a deep group of potential starters. You think I think it could be this year better under Brian Brown's new system with that 4-2-5. Now, Normally, when I when I do rankings, I'll go one, two, three, four, five, six, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not doing that today because I think some of you might be wondering what my lowest ranking is, and that is to no fault of their own, but because there is there's just so much unknown and uncertainty, I'm gonna have to go with the offensive line. I'm not even going to list the names here because you know the offensive line is simply not going to be as good as it's been in years past. At least I don't think. Now, could we be proven wrong? Absolutely, we could be proven wrong. But right now, there's only one returning starter, and there are a hoist of transfers, one of whom, Luke Kendra, I believe will definitely be a starter. And the good news is, we know there are other transfers who could start. But it is going to be a rebuild. Don't expect much, even though it's going to be critical to this team's success. Now, normally when you go into spring ball, the question would be, well, who's going to, who, who's the front runner at quarterback? Well, I'm here to tell you that I don't think that's the biggest storyline. I think the biggest storyline on this team because this is what the program has been driven through for years is its offensive and defensive lines. The biggest question, rather, is its offensive line. Who's going to protect whoever's going to start a quarterback? Right now, can you name five definitive starters? Last year, you could. This year, you cannot. You can say Gavin Gerhardt and Luke Kendra. You can say... um. I mean, go John Williams, maybe, D'Artagnan, Tinsley. But do you know for sure? Because right now, I don't. 
And I don't think we will know probably until fall camp. The spring is going to tell us a lot about who could start. You know, you always hear about, or I hear, who was the front runner to start at the end of the spring. But that hasn't meant things can change and can't things can't change in fall camp. So a lot of uncertainty surrounding a position. See, here's the thing. I said at the top, a position of strength is my number one on my position rankings right now. That's defensive line. But offensive line's been a strength for years as well. I have it at number nine of nine because it's just so much unknown. All right. We will get to several other positions. Where do I have the quarterbacks in my rankings? Well, I'll tell you all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you. Built Bar, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Peanut butter brownie, if I didn't say that correctly, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Bilt Bars at Bilt.com. Well, guess what? Now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Man, when was the last time I went to Sam's Club? They do have good pizza there. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank with you right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Cincinnati Bearcats um, position rankings, this is my position rankings 1.0. Um, number one, defensive line, number nine, the offensive line. So how do we fill two through eight? Let's get into it. I said at the top where I have quarterbacks, I'll go there first. Even though they're not number two, I've got them at number three. And what I love about the quarterback position this year is that there is depth on every, is, is that there is depth. All right. And there is depth at this position. And it's going to make for a very, very compelling battle, not only in the spring, but in the fall. Right now, Emory Jones is probably the leader in the clubhouse. But Ben Bryant's here, again, going into year six. Evan Prater's still here. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops this year under Scott Satterfield if he is in fact going to be better under new head coach and I look at 
okay, I look at this quarterback room. And again, the big thing about this, it's not only his is who's going to start this year, but it's who's going to start in 2024 and 2025. And more so is the quarterback room after this season going to be in good shape? If the answer is yes, this program is going to be fine. If the answer is no, then this program, excuse me, this program has a whole lot of work to do. I look at this team and I say to myself, right now, I want Emory Jones to start. Most experience, or I'm sorry, most upside, even though he hasn't started a whole lot throughout his career. He started at the Power 5 level. But then I think about Ben Bryant. He started two years now, two years of college football. That That's not anything to sneeze at. Even though it is puzzling as to why he's still here. But there are dual-threat quarterbacks in this system capable of starting. I like that you have more options if you're Scott Satterfield in the program this year. And I'm really interested in seeing what Evan Prater can do. So, number two, you ask. My second Rank position, linebackers. This is another huge position of strength. But the key here is, outside of your top two, your hometown heroes, Deshaun Pace and Jaheim Thomas, you really don't know anything um, notable about these players. The players outside, besides Thomas and Pace. Now, yes, Dorian Jones, you know, transfer from Louisville. Um... Daniel Greshik, who's a hybrid linebacker, defensive end. But you also have guys like Jonathan Thompson, Jack Haglidge, David Jones Jr. Okay, maybe you know a little bit about him because he was one of those um, hometown hero commits, if you want to classify him as such, back in the early fickle years. Devin Hightower, Jack Dingle's been here for a long time. Same with Jackson Bruschinelli. But I look at Dorian Jones and Daniel Greshik, Trevor Carter, incoming freshman. Um, Dorian Jones should help having played under Brian Brown. You need to see the other guys to have a definitive idea of who they're going to be. Pace and Thomas are good. We know that. But they're going to have to carry a big load to get this team to where they want to go defensively. It's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those years where you're going to have to carry the load in your Pace and Thomas. We know they're very good. It's like the um to give you uh, an example, look at the 2018 Seahawks. And this is not specifically linebackers. But I remember thinking going into that season, I think the same sentiment was shared around the league was that Russell Wilson was going to have to do everything in his willpower to just to get that team through the season. And through the first two games, Seattle loses its first two games. And you're thinking, yeah, this is exactly what we expected. Well, that team ended up making the playoffs, and they were a run-first team offensively. So... Just when you think maybe those two guys are going to have to carry the team, Pace and Thomas in this case for the Bearcats, maybe they won't. Maybe there's a, now, then again, a 4-2-5 means you only have two linebackers on the field and you can use Daniel Greshik, for instance, as a, like a hybrid. But your two linebackers, they're going to have to cover a lot of ground back there. They're going to have to play some stout defense. Good news is, I think I believe they will. Deshaun Pace is an unbelievable player. Um. Jaheim Thomas is a budding star in this league. So clearly we know that this linebacker room, despite the lack of depth, or at least in terms of notable players contributing to that depth, 
we know that the two players we're going to start are very, very good and are going to have the potential to have outstanding seasons in Brian Brown's new system. So we got defensive line number one, linebacker number two, quarterbacks number three. Let's go to number four, and that is running backs. This is a position I'm actually really excited about because I like the players that comprise this um, this room. I like Corey Kiner, Ethan Wright the fourth, Ryan Montgomery, Sean Thomas, Miles Montgomery, Stephen Bird, Manny Covey. Well, really, I don't know anything about Sean Thomas or Stephen Bird, Manny Covey, incoming freshman. But Corey Kiner and Ethan Wright the fourth and Ryan Montgomery, we know a lot about. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you last year, right around this time. And that question is, who is your lead back? And you can't tell me, well, let's just do it by committee. That's not going to win you games. You saw the Bearcats running game last year essentially become dormant. Now, it did pick up a little bit at the end of the season. But let's be honest, it was not a great running back room. Um, They didn't have a great year running the football. Great Bearcat teams run the football. And great Bearcat teams run the football because they have a bell cow running back leading the way. I'm talking Jerome Ford, Jared Dokes, Michael Warren, Isaiah Peed, those guys. Not by committee. That doesn't work. It may work in the NFL, but it certainly doesn't work at the college level. You have to have someone who is your lead back and running the football. I'll tell you who I think it should be is Corey Kiner. Hometown hero, four-star recruit out of Roger Bacon, oozing potential. And we saw him at times last year, and we thought he was on the brink of breaking out. Ryan Montgomery is the most experienced. He's going into his fifth season of college football here at Cincinnati. Could he be your lead back? But do you view him as a lead running back? He hasn't necessarily held that role at any point in his career at Cincinnati. Does Ethan Wright have a role this year? Remember, they were trying to convert him to defense. Well, now he's back with the running backs. How long does it take for a lead back to emerge? We really didn't have one until the end of the season last year. And Charles McClellan, they were experimenting too much at the beginning of the season, the Bearcats. And I think that's why the running game didn't do anything against Indiana. It struggled against Arkansas, and it struggled really all season. In big games, the running game outside of Tulane wasn't really there because they didn't have a lead running back. They didn't have that guy, the dependable guy, in a clear and defined role. No one knew who their role was. This year, hopefully, they will. New offensive coordinator Tom Manning is going to hopefully enhance this running game. Um, Running backs coach, specifically, um, Tom Manning's tight ends coach as well, Darrell Sims, who comes from Louisville with Scott Satterfield. So running backs at number four. Uh, We'll go one more before we uh, get to our next uh, live read here. Number five, the secondary. And I'm really interested in seeing the secondary because I think I think it's gonna. I think that it has the potential to be pretty good, but there's a lot of questions. Who breaks out? A lot of players that are in the secondary room have been here for a while, but you haven't. But they haven't proven themselves. Brian Threats is coming off a solid year. 
how good can Armorian Smith be, for instance? Justin Williams in the athletic pegs him as a five as a potential breakout player. Can this secondary generate turnovers? First season without Javon Hicks and Arquan Bush were ball magnets back there. What are the transfers in DJ Taylor, for instance, going to bring? A lot of question marks that need to be answered. If they are answered, though, and they're answered correctly, this team has the opportunity to be pretty good in the back in the back end of their defense. It's been a position of strength for years. Heck, we just saw Brian Cook win a Super Bowl, former safety of the Bearcats. Sauce Gardner, we know what he's done. Kobe Bryant and the Seahawks went to the playoffs this year. So they can figure it out on the back end. They can be pretty good there once again. So defensive line one, linebackers two, quarterbacks three, running backs four, secondary five. We've mentioned defensive line number nine. Now we got to get six through eight. Six through eight, including two offensive skill positions that I've got a lot of questions about. We'll get to all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if, if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Alex Frank, your Locked On Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. So we continue to dive into position group rankings. My first of the year in the offseason. Defensive line of one, linebackers two, quarterbacks three, running backs four, secondary five. We mentioned offensive line number nine just because of all the uncertainty surrounding what has been a position of strength for years. So now we're going to go six through eight to finish out the list. Special teams at number six. Um, your punter should be set with Mason Fletcher. I mean, I, I shouldn't be making a big deal out of a punter returning. But when you consider what Mason Fletcher has done for this program in terms of what he did in 2021, his first season, you could argue he was the Bearcats' most valuable player in the Cotton Bowl, in the college football playoff. And then Christian Lowry. And um, um, whoever starts a kicker. Christian Lowry. And... Um, Bryce Bur- uh, Carter Brown, transfer kicker, Rory Bell. I mean, who in the world is going to start a kicker? Bryce Burton. I mean, we've complained about special teams, particularly the field goal kicking game the last two years. Ryan Coe struggled at the start of last season. We know what happened in 2021. Lowry was a part of that. So, again, I feel good about the punter, not necessarily the field goal kicker, the kicker rather. So that's why I got it at six. Now, that leaves us two positions, wide receivers and tight ends. I'm gonna put um I'm gonna put wide receiver number seven. But again, I just ask who in the world is going to start? You combine this. 
with a new quarterback. And this offense is going to go through some major growing pains. We know that. I like the transfers, especially Donovan Ali. I like Keyshawn Heldon. I like D. Wiggins. Sterling Burkholter's got some potential. Guys have to emerge, though. The guys who are here, like Jair, Jair Thomas, Chris Scott, Ashton Culler, Marcus, Pe- Marcus Peterson, it's easy to say, yeah, the transfers are going to be the ones who start. But at the same time, I think about, well, what's going to happen then when all those guys run out of eligibility? And who are you going to have here? That's why it's important for a guy like um, Ashton Culler to emerge. I mean, I get it. this position's undergone a lot of change over the past year. The depth at this position is is none. You don't have a lot of experience. You, you Last year, the Bearcats were fortunate enough where they could run six or seven deep at wide receiver. I don't think they can do that now. I think right now, the transfers are probably your best bet to start. And I probably included all of them when I did my target share earlier this offseason. I think I had the, all the transfers getting, you know, a piece of the pie. Because I don't know anything about the receivers that are that are on this roster from last year. That's a hard feeling to have. And could a guy like Barry Jackson, for instance, come in and start? You know, Ty Perkins. This position is wide open, literally. No pun intended. Then we go to tie ends. Um, Shaman Mateer, Caleb Schmitz, Michael McCalmont, Peyton Singletary, Jesse Meyer, Joey Belgian. Belgian's a transfer. The question I have is, and I remember talking about this with Russ Heltman last year after the spring game, can Shaman Mateer bring the same intrigue he brought last year? Knowing that he probably is going to be in line to start this year if he works really hard in the spring, and I would I would peg him as a projected starter right now. That's how thin this tight end room is. Another position of strength of the Bearcats for years. We know that. We just saw we just saw one win his second Super Bowl on Sunday night, Travis Kelsey. And we know about the Selleck brothers, or Brent Selleck. We know about um we know about Josiah DeGuara. We know about um Josh Wiley. And Leonard Taylor. So, this position might take a step back this year. I'm not saying it will. But what I'm saying is... um, Yeah, I I did mean um, Garrett Selleck. Oh, no, I did not mean Garrett Selleck. Excuse me. I always forget that Garrett Selleck didn't go to Cincinnati. Went to Michigan State. Brent Selleck went to Cincinnati. Um, but again, this tight end room is wide open, but the question I have is who's going to be the second guy, Peyton Singletary behind Shamont Mateo. That's a big question. We'll look at the importance of offensive line and wide receiver on tomorrow's show. Don't forget 1230 Eastern time tomorrow. Russ Heltman will join me for our weekly live room talking all things Bearcats men's basketball who picked up a massive win over USF on Saturday, an important win Big game tomorrow night at East Carolina, a game that they need to win to have any shot. They're in fourth place right now at the time of this recording to have any shot to get to that two, three C lines in the American Athletic Conference. Well, excuse me, sorry, trying to hold that in there. Late at night here as the Bearcats try to get to that two, three line in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Hey, thanks for making us 
Locked On Bearcats, your first listen of every day. How about for your second listen? You check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore an email. Alex3Frank at gmail.com. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great, great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Valentine's Day. Please stay safe if you're going out tonight. Stay healthy as well, and I'll be back here tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.